Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. This week, we have been exploring this idea of the lies that we believe. And this week, we are taking a look and sitting down at the table with one of my friends to talk about the lie that sometimes we hear that says, how, or basically it asks us, how do I compare? Um, and, and it sets up the idea, the lie really is that we have to compare, that we have to compare to a standard that's out there, to other people that we see, to something even maybe from our own past, like something that we've experienced, the way our mother mothered us, and we wonder if we measure up. There's always this whisper I don't think I compare. I don't think I measure up well. So last week I shared with you my heart about it. And I shared with you just the truths that I've had to learn about sinking down into the truths of my identity being in Jesus and as a way to combat this lie. And today I get to sit down with my friend, Rachel, and we're going to talk about more ways or truths that you can anchor your soul to when it feels like you're not measuring up and you don't compare. So Rachel, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here with me. And I want to just let you, first of all, introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are. Um, Tell me about your family, your kids, what you do, what you love to write about, where your heart is. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking me to come on and talk about this with you. I think it's a really important topic. And um, so I'm excited for us to have the conversation. Um, uh, I live in the Chicago area with my hubby and my three kiddos. My oldest is, um, she's just turned 10. My middle one, he just turned eight. And then my youngest turns five in like a couple weeks. I always forget the date because um, we actually adopted him and he came home to us on September 1st, but his birthday is a couple of days earlier. And so I always forget that his birthday is August <laughs> 29th, not <laughs> September 1st. But um, yeah, so that's my family. And um, I write, I'm a writer and I write to the burnt out Christian mom to encourage her mm-hmm. to take a simple family Sabbath each week and to um, through that rest become refueled, um, to, to live her life out for God. And so, um, that's what I write about, um, and try to encourage her in that. Well, I love your work and, um, I I really do. And I'm going to put in the show notes where people can find you. Um, but even today, I know that we're going to talk about some of the work that you're doing, because I think the words that you speak, and the way that you share Jesus, um, really for me personally, I am your reader. I am a burnout Christian mama. Yeah. And 
mainly because I spin my wheels in so many ways. And this lie is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have shared on this podcast a lot. If somebody listens, they're probably always, they're probably sick to death of hearing me say <laughs> that I struggle with performance, that it's like that mindset of, um, it, it can look like being perfect. Like I've talked about before, or, but it really can look like this, which is just inside of my own head of, um, there's a measuring stick and I'm constantly weighing my actions against it. And so, what I love about your words and what you say is you really have spoken to my soul about understanding that some of the ways that I need to identify and find the truth for this lie actually come from getting quiet with God, which is also completely anti my personality. Mm. I'm a strong activity oriented, people oriented party person. So (laughs) getting quiet and alone, like can freak me out. So we're going to talk about that today because I really, I really want everybody to understand um, where they can find you and your things. But so for, for the slide though, has there ever been a time, is this something that sounds familiar to you in your own motherhood? This idea that you need to measure up to something. Oh, yes. (laughs) So much so. Um, It's definitely been something over the years that I have just continually wrestled with. Um, Just, am I doing enough? Am I who I'm supposed to be? Am I, am I hitting all the goals that are supposed to be out there? Um, Does my mothering look like somebody else's? And, um, you know, especially with the age of social media, which I actually love social media because it allows me to connect with friends that are all across the world. But, you know, when you're, when you are seeing friends post about hanging out with each other and you're like, why am I not invited? Am I not a good enough friend? You Mm -hmm. know, or, oh, that mom did that with her kid today and I can barely get food on the table. Like, am I not being a good mom? Or even just like, oh, look, she posted a picture of with her Bible. Oh crap. I haven't read the Bible in like five days. Like, you know, word. that is a word right there. Right. Yeah. It just like, definitely, you know, it definitely, and as much as people bash like Pinterest life, I love Pinterest, so I'm not going to bash Pinterest, but there is a level of like, you see it constantly in the images that, um, and media that we consume. And I, the, one of the things that I say to the burnt out Christian mom is that you do not realize how much you're consuming mm-hmm. from media around you, not just in social media, but TV and, and books and podcasts and, you know, CDs and stuff, how much worldview is coming at you from different sources. And not all of them are good. Even, even the ones that might come from a Christian perspective, sometimes they're not saying the things that you need to hear. And mm-hmm. you are internalizing that without even realizing that you're doing. And because we are in a, um, a streaming you know, economy right now where everything is at a second notice, you can binge watch, you can yeah. binge listen, that we don't give ourselves time to process what is that we've just consumed. And when you do that, Mm -hmm. you don't realize what you are accepting as truth. And that I think contributes a large part to our comparison game. That yes, 
Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I love the way you worded it even, that you are consuming, you don't realize it, and it is absolutely causing this comparison game to be something. What, um, where do you feel like this hits you the, the most often? Do you, I mean, inside of motherhood. So is it, so for me, and I shared it last week um, on the podcast, for me, I, it, it, I, maybe it's me and maybe I'm weird. And again, this is just <laughs> us. I think every mom probably does it different. And so even sharing this probably doesn't super help someone else, except that they're hearing two moms get super honest. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't so much compare. Um, I, I There are certain things I compare. And then there are other things where I'm like, like you can't rock me in that zone of my motherhood. So mm-hmm. you can't really rock me in whether or not my kids are, like, I don't care if my kids are dressed like mm-hmm. a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Right. Like you're not going to bother me with that one. Um, but you, I, I, for some weird, weird reason, am very perseverative about what they eat. So it's oh. just as, it's just as shallow. It's not like I'm just going to only be rocked in the worlds of. Well, would you say that's because isn't your husband in the the health and not in like in health medicine. Yeah, yeah, he is. And, and maybe it, it could no, be, I've never thought about that. Like, yeah. Oh, your identity of being part of a medical family, then yeah. it translates into, well, they're, you know, they're medical family and yet they're feeding their children. Those things. <laughs> you know, you're internalizing that message, right? Yeah. And that very well could be it. Actually, that's really good to think about. Well, I think it goes back to that identity thing, like, Mm -hmm. because I think our identity is um, like you had mentioned at the top of our conversation, like your identity in Christ. And um, I, I agree with that wording to a degree. (laughs) I think that we, when we're talking about our salvation, we identify with Christ, right? That he, what he did on the cross completely took care of everything. And we identify with him in that way. And we try to live our lives in a way that reflect him right and we have the same kind of identity but what I think that we sometimes miss is that we have an identity that's wrapped up in a couple of different areas of our lives and mm-hmm. though so like there is I in um I know we haven't mentioned this yet but I actually published a guided journal that walks you through these conversations of identity um and in that journal, I talk about four different aspects of your identity, and they kind of revolve around four questions. Who am I? And what I mean by that is like, what is your personality, your interests, mm-hmm. your talent, way that God has uniquely wired you? Who does God say I am through Christ's work on the cross, through his sanctification of you, the fact that you're beloved, you're redeemed, you're secure, you're his child, like all those things, those are all very true and important labels. And then how should I live? How do I live that out in the way that ushers the kingdom, you know, the good for the kingdom? How do I point people to Jesus through my gifting, through my, the way that the Holy Spirit empowers me? And then finally, um, how do I relate to those around me? And I think that um, in that one, that there's a lot of roles that we carry with that. Mm -hmm. 
How do we relate to our children? How do we relate to our spouse? How do we relate to our friends? How do we relate to those in our churches? All those are different roles that we carry. And with each of those roles, there's an identity in that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that identity in those roles, because we have this ideal of what that role is supposed to be, it then translates to our comparison, our measuring stick. Like we have this ideal that we're supposed to be hitting in this role and we might fall short. So where I was going with the conversation about your husband is like, you might have this ideal of what your family is supposed to look like because of his role as his work that he does and how that relates to the community around you and the way that the community perceives you. And that's where that measuring stick comes into play. Um, So going back to the question you asked, where do I struggle with this? I struggle with this in two areas and you might laugh at the first one, but I actually struggle with it with my homeschooling. And I struggle with it because my homeschooling does not look like most homeschoolers do. And part of that is because I'm a second generation homeschooler. I was homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And so it affects the way that I homeschool. It's a little bit different perspective. Um, But also because I am a writer and I own a business with my mom, actually, uh, I have to kind of shift the way that I do the day. And so our days don't look like the typical homeschool days do. And so when I see other bloggers who are homeschooling and Pinterest pins that show like these beautiful <laughs> homeschool ro- rooms and these awesome field trips and these wonderful like crafty projects, which I am not crafty and I hate <laughs> manipulatives and they drive me insane. And I have to like take a step back and, and remind myself, first of all, Rachel, mm-hmm. God didn't design you to like crafts. Hey. <laughs> Men, me and neither. It's okay. And it's okay yeah. that you would much rather go on, you know, go on a hike with your kids than yeah. do a leaf rubbing. Like, <laughs> there's just like, you gotta, especially, so any of you homeschool mamas out there, you've got to homeschool in the way that God designed you, mm-hmm. how He's wired you. Don't be comparing yourself to anybody outside that you think, oh, it needs to look this way because that's what everybody says it needs to look like. Mm-hmm. No, who has God made you to be? Go with that. So that would be my first one. My second area I always get a little bit about um, <laughs> is with my, um, I don't want to say discipline because I, I don't know if it's really discipline as much as just like, I, I don't even know what you would really call it, but my, my oldest has some sensory um, challenges. And it has really affected the way that she responds in tough situations. And it's just, it's just required um, a level of parenting that I honestly didn't expect when I first, you know, when we were talking about having kids and all the things. And so when she was really little, she, you know, she was biting a lot because of the sensory, she needed sensory input and she would end up biting other kids. And I actually one time had a mom tell me, you're just not disciplining her well enough. And mm-hmm. it crushed me. Mm-hmm. And I was becoming so embarrassed mm-hmm. by different things that she would do. Mm-hmm. And because I felt like I'm doing something wrong as a mom, all these mm-hmm. other moms are nailing it. Their kids are good listeners. Their kids are these sweet, wonderful children. And my daughter's literally having a meltdown in the middle of the store. And I'm having to scoop her off off the floor and walk out with her. And, you know, mm-hmm. and just, 
that just killed me. Mm-hmm. And I really had to learn. And I, I think I'm having to learn. Um, I've begun to learn it in the last five, last few years as we've been practicing Sabbath as a family and taking I on a weekly basis, I take the time and the space to reflect on my week with Jesus and to really start asking those questions like, okay, Lord, let me see the challenges and joys of this week through your eyes. And what does that mean? And how does that reflect like how you made me and what you want me to do with my life? Like how does it all intersect? And in doing that work, of sitting with him and processing my week with him, I started realizing that I was taking a lot of ownership in the way that people perceived me mm-hmm. and the way that people might judge me. And I was putting that on my relationship with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was saying, because I'm not measuring up to this ideal mother, not recognizing that there's no true ideal. There's no real standard. We are given the children that we're given and we're entrusted with them for a reason. And mm-hmm. there is, we are to steward that relationship and steward that little heart that's been given to us to hold through their, you know, their childhood. And it doesn't really matter what anybody might say about us because at the end of the day, they're not in our homes. They're not there with yeah. us dealing with the ins and the outs of raising that child. And they're not there with us in the conversation with God, asking him, how do we take care of this little one? And Mm -hmm. I really had to learn to understand that, you know, at the end of the day, I still do care what people kind of perceive of me, but I have learned that it doesn't define me, that there is a, I want people to, to see me and see Jesus when I am doing whatever I'm doing. But at the end of the day, they're, they're going to believe what they're going to believe. And that doesn't define me. What God says about me, that's what defines me. Wow. Can I just say, yes. I mean, I think what you just shared is, I feel like so many moms are going to put rewind and play this again, Rachel, because yes, I mean, that has been my struggle um, is letting moments in time where somebody says something and it begins to play on a repeat or I begin to wonder, maybe I don't, maybe I don't compare, maybe I don't. And I, I do think that what you said in there of, but I have learned to take on the weekly time to look at my week, to sit with Jesus and let him redefine what I may have mistakenly allowed to be defined by someone else that week, because that happens Mm -hmm. Um, and allow him to redefine it. And, and the truth is when we are growing as believers and we are growing in our walk with Jesus, it is that continual going back to and sitting with him and listening again and, and going, oh yeah, again and again and again, because mm. God's grace, first of all, in, invites us there. And he never goes, you mean you haven't gotten this? Like he never right. says that. 
Thank goodness, right? Right? Praise (laughs) the Lord. Because I need those resets like that. And your book is, and, and you've alluded to it already, but I do, your book will be in our show notes. I personally have purchased your book. I have given your book to three different friends. I believe that your book is such a good tool to teach somebody who has never learned or never wanted to. So I fall into the camp of never wanting to. Mm. Um, But when I, so I don't, I didn't, I, I would make time like reset time with Jesus a priority when my life was really beginning. Like it was like unraveling, like threads Mm. everywhere. And I was like, Oh, snap. Now I'm not talking about like my time in the morning with the Lord. I'm talking about this truly defined letting him sift through what I heard that week, what I thought that week, what I experienced that week. I always explain it as like, you know, our quiet time in the morning, um, uh, or Bible study or small group or church. I feel like that is us, um, sitting kind of parallel to God and him Mm -hmm. walk, like walking alongside of him. Mm -hmm. But this weekly reflection is us sitting across from him face Mm -hmm. to face and letting him speak truth to us. And, um, as rather us living it out with him, like it's him, like sitting across from us face to face. Yeah. And letting him begin to go. And, and, and I think I want to make sure that somebody listening I think it was very clear, but you know, God is so gracious unto us Mm -hmm. that when we are in those moments where we're coming and sitting and he's like, Oh, this is what you're believing, or this is what you're walking inside of. Mm -hmm. Um, His grace is so abounding to us in those moments. So when the reset comes, it's not in this place of, uh, rebuke and condemnation. Mm-mm. And that's why he's sitting across from us, not standing up point of finger. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. It, and I do think that it's you an said, intimacy, there's an yes. intimacy in it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that that is what, um, I know that for me, I need, I, I hunger for it. And yet my natural ability is kind of poor in, in setting my own table for it which is, I think mm. what your book does well. So it, yeah, it, it sets that table and then I can come, you know, and sit with him there at the table. Cause it's already been set. So I don't have to yeah. go. And I think sometimes we, we, we don't make time for that because we think, Oh, I I'm doing all the things mm-hmm. and I am doing the church thing, doing the Bible study thing, doing small group thing, doing this, you know, devotion time I'm doing, 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 and I'm taking care of the kids and getting food on the table and keeping the house from burning down. Right. (laughs) And you're like, I'm doing all the things, but really what I think Sabbath or this reflection time, I I think the reflection time is a part of a Sabbath practice of arresting with Jesus. It's not about doing, it's about being and allowing him to minister to you where you are at. Not any, like, what can I take away from this? How can I apply the scripture? It's him ministering to you and saying, this is where we're at in your journey with me. Mm -hmm. 
let me minister to you. Let me speak to you. Let me show you how much I love you and care for you and have provided for you this week and shown up for you this week and how I'm working in your life. Mm -hmm. And there is just a generosity when we really think about it. It's truly a gift. And to we don't necessarily think of how much of it's a gift, but like he's holding it out to us saying, here, I want to give this to you. And yet we don't make the time for it. And I think it's because we don't realize, recognize that there's a difference between doing all the things for Jesus and just being with Jesus. And, you know, my husband, my husband says, um, he had a distinct moment, uh, about, well, now maybe it's been now close to eight or 10 years ago where he almost that sentence, he came to me and he goes, I believe that God is in essence saying, you know, a lot about me and you do a lot of things for me, Mm -hmm. but you aren't with me Mm -hmm. sitting with me. And that statement began to redefine really for both of us, because I needed to begin to go, well, is that me too? Mm -hmm. And, um, and learning that God is, you know, over and over in the old Testament, he says, I'm not, I'm not into your, I'm not into your sacrifices. I'm Mm -hmm. into you. Yeah. Like I'm into your heart. I'm into you. You are my precious one. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yet I, I can really believe, Oh God, I gotta, I gotta do more because I'm not really measuring up and I'm not really comparing or this isn't working right. Okay, I'll do more. I'll heap more on my plate mm-hmm. instead of understanding that. And this is what your book really helped me understand um, is that actually the, the best thing I can do is like take the stuff off the plate mm-hmm. and just go, here's my plate. It's yes. empty. And, you know, just swipe it all off and say, mm-hmm. I'll just put my plate here and pull up at your table for the day. Yes, that is so true. And I think too, something that I've learned and you had, you had mentioned earlier that you're like, I'm a doer, I'm a people person, all those things. I think that what I have really learned, um, because I think what I rebelled against with the idea of resting is like, I'm like, you want me to do what now for how long you want me to just sit there and like do nothing. That's going to like, I'm going to die a slow death each week. If you, right. Cause I'm like you, like I'm a (laughs) Person, I'm not going to get I'm, anything done. Yeah, and it's going to be like, very yeah, lonely. And, very and lonely. I'm like, <laughs> I like to do things. And like, why would I want to like sit there and do nothing? Like that is not appealing to me whatsoever. But what I've learned is to rest with God in ways that he's wired you. Like, yeah. of course, of course he would want you to meet with him in the way that he created you to meet with him. Right. Nice. And for some people that you know, writing some or singing, some people is a walk in nature. Some people it's hosting people in their home. Mm -hmm. Some people it's going and doing things with their family. Um, And I also think it varies from week to week, what you might need and how you might reconnect with God and in, in the way that you're designed to connect with him. And so that's something that I have really explored this last year of, um, of asking myself, what would it, what, what does, 
what could it look like to rest with God in ways that I'm wired to rest with him? And um, I, I do think still like that reflective time is important, but my reflective time might look different than yours. You know, yours might need to be alone in, you know, a quiet space with a blanket and mine might be with headphones on listening to music, you know, Mm -hmm. like it, it might look different. It might be somebody journaling. It might be somebody just sitting and just thinking and praying, you know, so I think that um, it's really important to, to analyze, okay, God, how did you wire me? How have you designed me? And, um, and what would it mean to rest with you and reflect on these things and allow you to speak into my life in a way that you wired me, you know, to do that. And um, that meets the way that you crafted my personality and my interests. Yeah. Because I think, <laughs> couldn't we also make rest something that we compare? Yes. <laughs> if we're not careful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because yes. I think. Think about, goes- think, think about when I look for like, images when I was looking for images for like my website and for my social media like you go to like the stock photos and you write and type in rest and it's always like a woman sitting on the couch with a cup of coffee and a book next to her and a blanket and comfy socks and I'm like okay first of all (laughs) like how likely is it like I do believe that we need to carve out time to do like a reflective time with God and I do think we need to carve out space for rest but I'm like okay, the fact that your house is completely immaculate in this photo, you know, I mean, like, I mean, you, like, how, how realistic is that for a mom that has, you know, kids yeah. in her, in her home. And then the coffee, cup of coffee, like it's always like steamy and warm in the pictures and like who I'm, drinks a warm <laughs> cup of coffee when they're a mom, right? Right. Like no. how many times do you have to nuke it in the microwave Gosh. before you can drink it? Um, so it, I just find it funny because, but then you could probably even compare that and be like, okay, well, if I'm resting, if I am reflecting, I need to, it needs to look like mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. It, everything needs to be perfect and it all needs to fall into place in order for it to be good and like a beneficial time. And it's like, no, you just set a time and show up because God's going to meet you there. And he really doesn't yeah. care what your house looks like, or mm-hmm. if your journal is a pretty journal, or if your pen is purple, because that's the only one you can find. That's right. That's right. Yes. Oh gosh. If we can help moms, understand so I I have just struggled with this for so long I mean just this idea that God crafted me uniquely then he crafted each of my kids uniquely Mm -hmm. and he set them in my home uniquely Mm -hmm. knowing and this goes back to even what you said about that you struggle with discipline or the concept of how you discipline compared to what Mm -hmm. other people might be doing Um, you know, knowing that me listening to him, taking Mm -hmm. the time to rest, to reflect, to look at and, and understand his perspective on this child will actually be the best thing for this child. And, and, and for your, for your oldest, the one who struggles, I mean, I, we have had one who high sensory needs, Mm -hmm. um, and lots of things like that. And, and having to slay that dragon almost every day of, I 
and stand and, and instead of believing I'm not doing this right because I'm not getting the result all these other people are getting with their kids right now. And instead standing in the truth that says, no, I have been made a certain way. My child's made a certain way. And somehow this mixture of me and this kid with God as a center mm-hmm. is the perfect mixture. Yep. I can't tell you how. And with one of those kids, one of those kids is mostly grown now. And, and then I have another one that's not so much. And I remember going, I don't have a clue. I mean, I just, <laughs> no, I, you don't. I, I'm a yeah. little more equipped with this one only mm-hmm. because in some ways I feel like having so many and for so long, it's not like I'm grandparental, but like there is, I have this added layer of wisdom that goes, it feels like I've been wrestling with this terrible issue with this kid for a very long time. But if I just keep going, Mm -hmm. listening to God, seeking his way, it it will iron itself out. Like it will move forward. But when it's your first and everything is a grand experiment, you're like, I don't know if this is going to (laughs) work. Right. Are we going to make it? <laughs> and, and, and there are still moments, even with that one that I'm like, are we, what, you know, and you're like, yeah. what is and and yet I think what, if I could talk to another mom and just say to her in this moment, I would say, trust the spirit within you mm-hmm. and sit with God on high mm-hmm. and, and don't measure yourself by any other standard, but what God tells you to do. Cause there have been weird times where, I, you know, that verse Jeremiah 33, three to me has become so bedrocky in my brain because of this, of just, he says, just calling to me. I mean, he says it all over scripture. So it's not just right. that place. <laughs> but for me, that one has just kind of stuck where it's almost like that's the language when I'm in a, I don't know what to do space. Guys, like, I can, it's almost like I can just hear that verse just goes calling to me and I'll answer you and I'll show you the things you don't know. Do you think that um, when we do that comparison thing that we can actually create a feeling of loneliness? for ourselves mm-hmm. that because we're looking at I mean and it does it's not just with kids with especially hard particularly hard mm-hmm. I mean honestly if we really are honest each of our kids have their own challenges in their own ways uh, right yeah yeah and yeah. and we have to walk them through that and we have to steward um, I like to say steward rather than I know some people uh, talk about it being like the work of motherhood or the ministry of mo- motherhood. And um, I personally like to use the responsibility of motherhood because mm-hmm. with the responsibility being entrusted to us, I'm stewarding God's yeah. work. I'm part of his what he's entrusted with me rather than working, which for me implies like I'm doing something like I can actually have some kind of impact. Um or that it rests all on me. And so when I am thinking about that, this is a child that has been entrusted to me. They're, they're, I have responsibility for them and for their heart and for their spiritual well-being and their physical well-being. 
emotional well-being, um, that I'm a steward of that. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of who they really are. Because at the end of the day, they are not mine. They are his. And it reminds me to invite him into that parenting. Yeah. Um, but I do think that sometimes when we're in the middle of those those moments where we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> we're looking at other people going, oh, well, that's supposed to be that way. And you start to feel very alone because mm-hmm. it feels like I it's not what I think it's supposed to be. So therefore I'm either doing something wrong or it's just, I'm just a weird case and life isn't really like this. And I think that's why community is so important. And I think that this is something that moms do, especially when they have littles at home, they don't seek out community because they're just so tired and they can't figure out how to navigate baby and everything and, or littles. And, um, I would just encourage anybody that's a mom of littles right now, do not neglect community because when you can surround yourself with other moms who are saying, Oh no, honey, it's just, (laughs) it's hard for me. Then it removes that lie that you are lonely. And it also helps remove that lie of comparison too. Mm -hmm. Because it reminds you that everybody's situation is unique because we are unique and our kids are unique and our homes are unique. And so I think that's a very important aspect that can so easily just kind of fall away and slip away. Yeah. And I think it's vital. I totally agree. In fact, it's, um, I think, uh, I'll never forget the first time. And I was actually the one who chose to share. So I wasn't the one who was needing it, although I needed it at the time I had three little ones and, um, it's just, listen, I have eight and (laughs) I can give you the skinny dirt on each one of them and how hard they've all been like, Mm-hmm. none of them have been a repeat. Like I haven't been able to employ the exact same tactics on any of them. And, um, and they've all, they've all been hard, but the reality is we are all, I mean, if you understand what the gospel says that, I mean, you, me, all our kids, they're, we're all sinners. And yep. so sin is an ugly beast. It is. That, praise God. We don't have to actually do or fix and, right. and, and motherhood. Like I like your terminology because I too resist the idea of it being uh, work or ministry. I, I, in my head am like, Bethany, this is just a sacred invitation you've been given Oh, that's to, I love join, that to join him because mm-hmm. this is his work. He Mm -hmm. created this child. He is going to be engaged with this child until the day this child dies. I will get to be engaged with this child until I die. Yes. That's it. I'm not the one, but God has invited me to join him in what he is about. Mm -hmm. Some of that looks like deciding whether or not they're going to eat carrots with their dinner. So some of it is food and some of it is how often do they need to sleep? And And, but you know, God's really interested in even all those decisions that we make, Mm -hmm. Yeah. but it is in, is it, it's in that place of saying, okay, I'm going to be open and honest about this. And, and that's what I remember experiencing. I had like three and in within three years and it was nuts. And I was fully aware that I was (laughs) eloquent. (laughs) 
I think the third one always like completely pushes you over I the mean, edge. There's something about the third that you're I like, mean, you think you're doing okay. And then the third comes along and you're like, oh my gosh. Oh, what in the world? Although yeah. my first has given me a run for my money, like none of my other kids. So mm-hmm. I almost believe that God just was like, he and Jesus were having this conversation when they were deciding my family dynamics. And they were like, yep. you know, she's going to need it from the beginning. She's just <laughs> like, we Listen. just need to let her get broken real fast on this issue and just let her come running. I mean, six weeks in and I'm like standing over his crib, just crying out going, Jesus, Mm -hmm. I do not know what to do with this child. And Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. Anyway, that's the story for another time, but um, you know, just being able though, to be honest and say to somebody else, we were sitting, there was two other girls and they were sitting there. All of our kids are like running like crazy tornadoes around whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was had the littlest one in the little, car seat. And I remember going, I mean, it was almost like I was ashamed to say it, but I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't really like this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm so a definition for me of life being good is if it's fun. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't fun at mm-hmm. all. And I wasn't in what I was courageous enough to say, although I didn't understand mm-hmm. it at the moment, I was really just heartbroken and really felt condemned for what I was about to say. But I was like, I don't, I don't think I really like even like my kids mm-hmm. like right now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like this experience. I'm not liking anything about this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought I was going to hear, Oh no, it's so great. You should love it. And, and I, but I was like, I'm either going to stand in isolation here and I'm just going to keep believing that this is horrid what I think. And so I should just keep it inside mm-hmm. or I'm just going to risk these women thinking I'm horrible, but maybe they'll help fix me. You know, it wasn't so much. Oh, I had this great knowledge. I needed community, but I knew mm-hmm. I needed to be honest with somebody somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they tended to my soul. Oh, that's beautiful. And loved me. And, you know, I talk a lot on, in a lot of my writings about that picture of Aaron and her holding up Moses's arms when he was weary. Yeah. Yep. But they did that for me. They did that physically. They would come and get some of my kids and just take them for a while. They did it emotionally. They were my people. They taught and spoke into me. They were wiser than I was and they layered truths in it. But I didn't know how much I needed it until I just was desperate enough to go, okay, y'all may all hate me. I may never be invited back to play group. Yeah. And yet I can't keep going like this. So I, and I think, I think what you said about, like, I think, that there is, um, I'm trying to think of how I, how I should say this. Um, I want to be careful because I think that sometimes we can dismiss the groups that we're in. We might start to say something and we get a little pushback and we think, oh, community is bad. Like I can't mm-hmm. be honest with anybody. But what I would say is that you have to kind of share to see who's safe to share with. Yes. And you kind of have to just put it out there to see who your like who your community could be because if you don't say it you won't know who's safe to share with 
And some yeah. people aren't safe to share with. Some people aren't the right people to talk to things about. I, I'm thinking specifically of a time when I kind of felt like you did where I'm like, I'm not really liking this whole motherhood thing. And I feel very much like stifled because I'm a creative and I have wanted to write since, I mean, for as long as I can remember, I went to college for creative writing. My goal has always been to publish, actually it was to publish fiction, which I haven't done yet, but that's another story. And (laughs) God and I are having conversations about that constantly, but um, it's always been a dream of me. And that's how I process the world. That's how I experience God a lot of times is through writing. It's how I, I kind of navigate my thoughts about things and kind of pull apart the onions of thoughts mm-hmm. that build up in my head. Um, and at the time I felt like all I was doing was being a mom. Mm-hmm. And I shared that in a Bible study group I was in at the time. I'm like, I just feel like Like, I feel like I was created for something more, but I don't know how to get there. And I feel like mothering is kind of like stifling that a little bit. And the response I got was, maybe you should pray for contentment. And I just went, Mm. okay, that's not the response I needed. I needed somebody to explain to me, this is something that's in your heart. How can we pray like maybe we can pray about how God would reveal a pathway for you or maybe what could yeah. that look like in this particular season like what I've learned now over the last few years um is that I I'm designed to write I know that in my soul even if it's never for somebody else to see I have to write so what yeah. I was doing was sacrificing writing time because I thought well, this is just for myself. It's not worthy to like when you're holding up things, right? Mm-hmm. Like what needs to get done versus this writing thing over here. I pushed the writing thing aside. And what mm-hmm. essentially I was doing was not living out who God had designed me to be. And because of that, it had a ne- negative effect on my motherhood, like mm-hmm. how I was a mother. And so what I have learned over the years is that in order to be the mom that I need to be, I need to be the individual God's designed me to be. And so I have made writing a priority in my life. And now that my season is one in which I can publish and share and do all the things. Um, it, it wasn't five years ago, but I should have never stopped writing. But those people were not the safe people to share with. Thankfully, right. God brought along other people who were safe people to share with and who were able to come alongside me and say, yeah, this kind of sucks sometimes to where we have to sacrifice for our kids but we don't have to sacrifice our individuality completely 100%. It just looks different at different stages. In different seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Rachel, I could sit and talk all day. Oh my God. I know. Oh my God. I, I feel like we could just talk and talk and talk. Um, so where, um, that we, it's killing me because I, I just kind of want to keep talking. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, where can people find you? And I'll, I'm going to have it in the show notes, but where can they find you online? Okay. So they can, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm just my name at Rachel Fahrenbach. Um, and my website is rachelfahrenbach.com. I'm very like, yeah, me very too. everywhere, except for Pinterest. It's our Fahrenbach. Um, okay. At the moment, there's not a whole lot up on Pinterest, but you know, maybe one day. Uh, but you can find me in those spots. Um, and yeah, and, and then if you book? my if you want to go buy 
the, my guided journal. It's called Rest and Re Sorry. Um, it's called Rest and Reflect, a 12-week guided journal, guided Sabbath journal. Um, and it contains conversations with your creator about your identity, purpose, and belonging. And um, it's really set up to be used weekly. There's You can start at any point in the year. The days are generically labeled one through seven. So you could start day one, any day of the week that you want that to be. The idea is that there's a small devotion at the beginning to kind of as a springboard for starting to think through some of these questions about identity, purpose, and belonging. And then each day of the week following, there are questions to, to dive into with God and questions um, that you can have beginning to have a conversation with him about. And then also a spot where you can put things that are on your mind and people who are on your mind. So you can rest those at the feet of Jesus each day. And so that goes throughout the whole week. And then the last day is designed to be a more in-depth, more of a reflection on your week, on the challenges and joys, on these questions of identity, purpose, and belonging, and really like a deep dive. Um, I suggest you can um, set aside like an hour once a week to do that mm -hmm. um, with yeah. the journal. And That's so- about and that you can find on Amazon. Yes. And I'll put a link. I'll put a link in the show notes and people can find it because it's of great value. Yeah. There's not so many I, times. I really, really love it. I, really. I'm so excited to hear that because, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you craft something, you create something that you hope is going to be of value to other people and will serve them and, um, and draw them closer to God. Um, and then you kind of put it out there in the world. Yes. You don't necessarily hear, you know, you don't necessarily hear anything, especially with a 12 week guided journal, you know, like people are working through it and you're like sitting there for 12 weeks going, I hope it helps them. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that it, yes. you have found it helpful and that you've actually recommended it mm -hmm. to others. Mm -hmm. But, um, I just wanted to say one more thing to the moms who are listening. I just, I, I just really, um, you are not alone if you feel burnt out. If you feel like this is hard work being a mom, if you feel exhausted, like you're not alone. I think the recent sur survey I read said 93% of moms feel like they're burnt out. But I just want you to know that God has given you permission to rest with him and he's given you a way to do it. And so just take him up on that offer to sit with him each week, take him, receive that gift that he's handing out to you and let him minister to you and just sit with him week after week without expectation and just asking him to reveal his heart to you, to reveal, to help you see your week through his eyes. And I, I don't want to guarantee, but I, will, I, I highly believe that he will meet you there and he will show you some amazing things. And you will find a refreshing and a stabilizing peace come into your life. Yes. Yes. Thank you for today. Thank you for having the conversation with me. It's, it's been really good. And I agree. I think my heart right now is just grieving. I think we're all a little undone. We need a lot of Jesus mm -hmm. and we need a lot of each other. Amen. Because it's a lot. It is a lot. So thank it you. Thank you for being here. If y'all, 
we're going to end right there for the lies. Um, and if you want to reach out to Rachel, I know she is a good friend. So she is, sometimes we feel like when we listen to something that somebody is beyond our reach and it's not true. Not Rachel, not me. So if you are a mom and you are undone and you don't know another mom, you can reach out to Rachel. You can just DM her, right? Yep. You're in your DMs. I'm in my DMs. DM us. Facebook, Instagram. You don't need to do this. The enemy seeks to isolate because it's in the isolation that he can absolutely take you apart. And so the best place for you is with a friend praying. Mm -hmm. That's the best. So community is huge. All right. I appreciate you today. Thank you. Um, Y'all, this has been a very rich, rich week in the lives. I can't wait to hear um, comments coming back at me. Um, again, if you want to find me over on the blog, you can send me something through that speak pipe thing and y'all can talk to me questions. Um, and we are actually setting up next week will be like a question and answer time from a bunch of those questions that have been coming in the speak thing on my website. I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called speak pipe. Anyway, you just talk into it. You can record a question and I'll answer it. And we're going to do that next week on the podcast it'll be fun um and until then i pray that you will sit with him and find rest i hope you enjoyed this episode of when god breaks through if you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments head over to bethanykimsey.com that's where you'll also find the show notes with any links as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.